There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the Matrix on the April the 5th, 2010. For newcomers, you should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have listed there. These are the official sites. And that way, when the big ones go down, which they do once in a while, you'll always have a site to draw down the latest shows from. They're all free audios. And remember, too... Uh, Alan Watt sent in sentinel.eu is on there as well. That's a European site that has the addition, not of, uh, just of the audios that they all have, it's with the addition of transcripts for download of quite a lot of the talks I have given, and you can choose from a, a variety of languages. And remember, too, that you're the audience that brings me to you. The ads on this show pay for this airtime here, and the advertisers deal with RBN directly. I've got nothing to do with them. And therefore, it's up to you, the audience, to keep me going. Uh, it's expensive for these shows. I say the advertisers pay for the RBN's airtime, their transmission, their equipment, staff, and all the rest of it. So you have to keep me going by either donating to me or purchasing the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. From the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can always use personal checks. You can also use a, an international postal money order from your post office if you want to go that way. Or MoneyGram, Western Union, some people just send cash. Or PayPal, you can donate through PayPal or purchase through PayPal. And if you want to purchase the books, just send a donation to me in a separate email with a purchase in your address, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world, remember, money is uh, done through cash, PayPal, Western Union, or MoneyGram. Unfortunately, personal checks aren't accepted from any other country except from the U.S. to Canada because the U.S. and Canada really is one big place now through the NAFTA agreement. We even share the same area code for the country. It's just just dial one and that's it, and followed by the number. And for those who get the disc burned and pass to them of the shows I've done at meetings, a lot of people don't like using computers. They're a bit wiser. I'm only using it because I have to at this time because eventually it'll get rained in and we won't be able to talk about anything except greening the weather and, and that kind of stuff. So for those who get the disc burned, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P for Peter, the number 3, E for Elizabeth, the number 4, N for Nora, and the number 1. P3E4N1. And it truly is that way because there's so much going on now with uh, uh, the government hammering away at uh, talk radio, especially this what they put their labeling patriots. And um, the time will be limited eventually as they set people up to rope in other people uh, who then email governments and threaten them. And, of course, we have no idea if that's actually going on or if it's being told that from governments, but that's the claim that's out right now. The talk show is fomenting possible violence towards government and authority. So 
for those out there, always be very wary of those that go G1. Those Hattori people who were arrested in Chicago, apparently, now it's admitted in the press, and I've warned so many people before about this, they were not only infiltrated by an FBI agent, uh, the agent, as always, uh, was more vocal than the rest about his freedoms and his rights, supplied them, supposedly, with explosives, set up the sting operation, and then they caught them. The same scenario over and over in every country. And people never catch on. They never catch on. They keep falling for it. All you need is the right person to say the right kind of things, your language, as they say, and be more vocal than you. So he's a real McCoy, and you're set up from the beginning. Be very careful about people setting you up. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Just warning people to be very careful out there because I've gone on about it so many times about the setups of the multitude of uh, secret services that the government uses to set people up. I remember years ago, back in the 70s it was, in the UK watching a program on white supremacism in the US and it was a documentary and what was interesting is I think they, they, they hit three different places to, for raids, supposedly for these white supremacists and uh, or, uh, supremacists, they call them. The interesting thing was, in one of the raids, 200 people were initially ushered outside and contained while they went through their documentation. It turned out at the end, they only uh, arrested two people. The rest of them all belonged to all the variations of different agencies. They were all provocateurs. Two guys had wandered in from the street for a hot cup of coffee that was for free. They got charged. It's astonishing this has been going on for probably as long as history has been out there because even in ancient times, if there was stirrings amongst the public or the people, and even in the ancient empires in Rome, they would set up sting operations and the whole idea was to to get somebody to do something or set someone up to blame someone and then you kill off who you claimed were the ringleaders and the public would be terrified about being the next in line and therefore they wouldn't rebel and that kept them quiet for another 10 years or so. This is ancient stuff, ancient stuff. And here's another thing that government's also aware of. You cannot set up this multitude this multi-layered intelligence service outfits, um, one on top of the other, all stacked together, all looking at the same people, all looking for terrorism without creating the problem. Because if there's no problem, you have to disband them. And the last thing these guys want is to be on the dole, the unemployment figures, you see, especially with their nice, clean uniforms and their special status and their big salary. They don't want to go on the dole or go back down to being a, a guy on the beats as a cop or something like that. You understand? They've got to make work, make work projects. That's what it's all about. And almost every incident that you've read of in, in England and Canada and the States has been a sting operation set up by one of these agencies. The one in Canada a couple of years ago with some young, very young guys 
at Muslims, supposedly. Uh, they said in a, a Muslim guy who dressed more radically than they did, really old, from their own country, more vocal against the Middle East and Israel and all the rest of the stuff than anyone else was. And it turns out at the end he set them up. The RCMP supplied the explosives, uh, fake, of course, I believe, and then they, then they set, then they went and arrested them all. Now, these guys probably would never have got, got beyond the yapping and boasting stages over a few drinks if it wasn't for the guys getting sent in to stir up the trouble. And then eventually, a year later, the guy who was a sting operative for CSIS, that's the intelligence services, appeared on television in a little documentary boasting about how he did it. He worked for CSIS. And he was recruited, and he hadn't been in Canada that long himself. Folk never catch on. The, the World Trade Center bombing, the first one, remember, was all over the mainstream newspapers a couple of years later when they were taking it to trial with the so-called suspects. And they'd hired Middle Eastern guys. The FBI was in charge of the operation. One of the guys clued in eventually when the FBI handler uh, wanted to bring in real explosives and give it to them and show them how to make a real bomb. And the guy said, I thought we were going to do a fake explosive. And the FBI guy said no. So luckily the guy started taping the FBI handler each time he met some. That was played in the courts. Folk never wisen up to it. They never wisen up and they fall and fall and fall. Then it's all over the media. Ah, terrorist suspects caught. And now they're going after us to say talk radio. You know, you can't, you can't do a darn thing in this world, across this world, including blow up the towers, uh, or anything else, without one of these agencies knowing about it. They've infiltrated everything a long, long time ago. They've been listening to your phone calls for, forever, long before 9-11 happened in 2001. You live in a, a world that's controlled, it's always been controlled. And I've always said that any major thing that happens was planned to happen and given the go-ahead to happen. It can't happen any other way. It's the same years after the Gulf War I, we find out they were preparing that for many, many years in advance. The Gulf War II, same idea. That the invasion of Iraq, they already had the troops massed elsewhere to go in long before the, any mention of Saddam Hussein was mentioned as a target in the media. Same thing with Afghanistan. Long before the trade towers went down. You always hear after the facts. It doesn't matter what they tell you afterwards, you see. Once they've got it all in motion, they always say, oh, we can't turn back now. There'll be chaos if we pull out those countries now. This is historically the norm. That's how it's done. So anyway, as the RBN got targeted by the Christian Science Monitor uh, about could threats spark violence and so on, they're targeting different uh, people here. As I say, people should use their own common sense and judgment and realize as well uh, that uh, there are definitely people all over the place that can set you up for a sting operation. You gotta, you gotta have the, the willing fools, the victims that fall for it. So you can display them in orange outfits when you put them on trial to the public. You gotta have the willing fools. Ancient. Ancient techniques.
You should see the movie. Um, there's so many movies been made in the past about agent provocateurs that are that are operatives of the CIA or the some special forces getting sent undercover. Old stuff like this. Where do you think they get this from? It's from real life. The movie Metawan or Matawan, as uh, I, I pronounce it, came out in the 90s uh, about the, a real story that happened in the, the factory-owned town in Pennsylvania, coal mining town, and they were worried about unions started. So what they did was they got one guy to go in as a provocateur, and he stirred them up, showed them how to make bombs and the whole thing, so they could draw out ringleaders, those who were more vocal, and kill them. That's what happened. That was the norm again. They sent in what they called strike breakers that were just hired thugs, well paid for the big corporations, and they killed them, they executed them, and the federal government knew, but this went on for years and they turned a blind eye. They didn't care. They wanted, they were all on board with the corporations. Old techniques. So they show them over and over and over again, and, and they do it in real life, and people never catch on. And with so many agencies getting so well-funded and so well-paid, they're on a good thing, they're on a roll, that they don't want to get disbanded. They don't want some government official saying, you know, why are we using this? They haven't found anything for the last five years. They've got to have something to show. Their bosses. Wisen up, folks. Wisen up, because it's always been this way. Now, I've mentioned so many times before that we're living through a script. And we are living through a script. We truly, truly are. There's nothing happening today that wasn't not just planned many, many, many years ago, but uh, discussed at big international meetings, workshops put into it, to, 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 and roundtables set up to work out and hammer out details of implementation with the cooperation of all the necessary international corporations, private, public partnerships, etc., etc., to make it all happen. There's nothing happening today that wasn't planned before you were born. Even during World War II, they, uh, they, they even sat in international meetings discussing what they would call the League of Nations when they updated it, and eventually it came out to be the United Nations. So in the last couple of years of World War II and all the propaganda, documentaries, path news and so on, they would come out uh, with uh, the United Nations are going in here and uh, they're landing at the United Nations. There was no more Britain or US or anything. It was all United Nations. And they truly hoped to bring in this new planned society then, a society that would be based uh, and run by the intellectuals, academia, and the international corporations. And democracy would eventually be bypassed and forgotten, completely forgotten. And you're really there now today. You just don't know it yet. You just don't know you're already there. There's a, a book that was Our Global Neighborhood. It was published in 1995 by the Oxford University Press. There's a lot of stuff for the Royal Institute of International Affairs and for the United Nations. And the report was called Our Global Neighborhood Report of the Commission on Global Governance. 
Now, this wasn't some hobbyist meeting together to discuss a wish list of things or, uh, they wanted to have or a world they'd like to dream up, like a, a Cinderella story. These were hard-nosed businessmen, uh, top professors, uh, hundreds of non-governmental organizations working through academia and in academia and using government, working with governments as well towards this new system. And that was back in 96. Now, they didn't dream up the idea. As I say, it was, it was talked about in World War Two. And what it says here is uh, global taxation, they wanted, right? A standing United Nations Army, an economic security council, the United Nations Authority over Global Commons. Commons, it's a very interesting thing to read into what that means. An end to the veto power of permanent members of the Security Council, a new parliamentary body of civil society which would be represented by non-governmental organizations, not the public. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Just uh, reading uh, this, uh, our global neighborhood uh, towards a world uh, governance basically, a world, world governance by the United Nations. And this was published first in 95 and again in 96. And it says in here uh, that uh, they want also an economic security council. That was to strengthen the IMF. But of course they needed a crash for it to, to really get pushed ahead which they always get what they want, don't they? Uh, the UN Authority over the Global Commons, an end to the veto power of permanent members of the Security Council, a new parliamentary body, very interesting, because that ties in with Professor Carol Quigley's statement from the, as a historian of the CFR, where he said um, uh, that uh, they use foundations with non-governmental organizations, and they substitute that for democracy of the people. In other words, those biggest group, the biggest groups have the biggest voices, and the ones that are authorized by the UN become the official non-governmental organizations. That's how the Soviet Union technically, on the face of it, was, was governed. They had non-governmental organizations, workers' union of this, workers' union of that, etc., in charge of everything. But they picked, the, the Politburo picked the leaders. The difference here is the foundations pick and train the leaders for the non-governmental organizations. And it says here, uh, a new petitions council, a new court of criminal justice. That's been, that's happened already. It's international now. They can drag you out any country and take you abroad and try you. Binding verdicts of the international court of justice, expanded authority for the secretary general. And of course, they went on about global taxations and all the rest of it, which we're into now through the carbon tax. You see, they get it. Whatever they want, they get what they want at the top. You understand you're living in an agenda. You're not living through some happenstance thing where there's, there's opposing forces here. The richest people have no opposing forces. Believe you me, they have no opposing forces. They buy everything, including, including what you think are opposing forces. But then it says here that the commission consists of 28 individuals at the top carefully selected because of their prominence, influence, and their ability to affect the implementation of the recommendations. 
the commission, now listen, listen how it's worded, do you think it's democracy? I can, the commission is not an official body of the United Nations. It is, however, endorsed by the United Nations Secretary General and funded through two trust funds, again, foundations and trusts, of the United Nations Development Program, the UNDP. Nine national governments and several foundations, including the MacArthur Foundation, Ford Foundation, and the Carnegie Corporation, which also a couple of them go under the the, the Rockefeller Foundation, because it's the same board on both. The Commission believes that world events since the creation of the United Nations in 1945, combined with advances in technology, the information revolution, and the now global awareness of impending environmental catastrophe, this is back, remember, in 95, and it said it had all been going on uh, since the early 90s. Um, create a, a climate in which the people of the world will recognize the need for and the benefits of global governance. So now you know uh, the people of the world apparently would recognize it. So you all recognize the need for global governance. Global governance, listening to this now. Global governance, according to the report, does not imply, uh, imply world government or world federalism although the difference between world government and global governance has been compared to the difference between rape and date rape. It's all terminology. What you get is what you you really get, not necessarily what you see. The system of governance described in the report is a new system. It's a new system. There's no historic model for the system here proposed, nor is there any method by which the governed may decide. Listen to this now. Nor is there any method by which the government, the governed, that's you lot, may decide whether or not they wish to be governed by such a system. Remember I said years ago there's no complaints department in this reality here. They're just illusions. So for the hard of thinking, it says here, nor is there any method by which the governed may decide whether or not they wish to be governed by such a system. Governance means you do what you're told. That's what it means. Remember what the Club of Rome that also works with this bunch said? That they looked at all the systems of the world because democracy was too slow and cumbersome, too many com- competing uh, sides and factions demanding things to get anything done. So therefore, they'd bypass or toss out democracy and bring in a type of collectivism. Your new collectivism is, are the, the, the bunches of non-governmental organizations that supposedly, now unelectedly, represent you. They speak for you on your behalf. Not that you'll ever meet them or get a chance to talk to them, but that's apparently what, how, it, how it works. Same as the Soviet. This is the new Soviet, folks. It says global governance is a procedure towards defined, defined objectives. They're not stumbling in the dark here. That employs a variety of methods, none of which give the governed an opportunity to vote yes, blah, blah, or no for the outcome. You get no opportunity to vote yes or no for the outcome. That's what it says. Decisions taken by administrative bodies or by bodies of appointed delegates or by accredited civil society organizations, as non-governmental organizations, are already implementing many of the recommendations just published by the Commission. It recommends, too, bringing all these NGOs on board with government decisions. Well, we already have that. Look who makes up the bunch uh, that was behind Blair, then Brown in Britain, and uh, Obama in the U.S., Look at all these guys and what they worked for before. Non-governmental organizations, uh, academia, all getting grants from the big foundations. And now they are government, basically. And you think you're free. And you think they're stumbling in the dark. And then you've got rights. 
Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just reading an article here, breaking down this particular global governance article, uh, book, basically, and showing you what's in it, what's really all about. And what it shows to you is that not only uh, did you have no rights back when this thing was written, because they had an agenda, they knew where they were going, uh, but... Um, they, long before that, it was the same darn system since '45, at least. And actually, before that, I've got books written during World War II when uh, the so-called Allied countries had massive commissions up. They were traveling by aircraft back and forth to different countries during World War II, having their international meetings on the type of society, this very society we're going into now, the planned society with eventually um, the regu- regulatory system where everyone is regulated down to an, a micro-individual level from birth to death, basically, if they needed you for the system. And they talked about population growth back then in World War II when there were slaughtering millions of people. You just don't get it. People really don't get it. They really think they're on the cutting edge as we stumble down through time towards some vague future as the media would present it to you. That's their job, mind you. Every phase we go through is a planned phase, including the war on terror, which I call the war of terror. Every part is pre-planned long before events happen or are made to happen or disclosed to the public. Every single part of it. Now, when you tie up the money, see everything in business and big international cooperative business in academia comes from taxpayer funding. The massive projects that nations take on comes from taxpayer funding. Whether it's massive roadways like the NAFTA highways or anything else, it's through taxpayer funding. We build them all, then they give it to their buddies that were planned before they, you even heard of it. Um, for, they give it to their buddies for peanuts. And then they run it once you've built it and paid for all. It's always been this way. And the big corporations are on board. I've always said these big corporations, I don't believe, ever had any competition in the last 40 years. They really didn't. It's so interesting to look at uh, the, um, the trials and punishment of IG Farben, the umbrella company during World War II that was set up before World War II to create uh, the Nazi war machine for Germany. And you had all these big foundations. I've just named there Carnegie, Ford, all the rest of them, the Rockefeller Foundation. You had Rothschild's foundations, Bayer, and so on. All comprised this massive umbrella organization. You had ITT. They made the Falkwell fighter for the Germans. You had Ford over there making uh, making their Jeeps and so on, and you had GM as well. None of these companies paid a dime for helping that war get started. So they were profiting off both sides. You know, business went on during the war. The stock markets were going on during the war. 
Once in a while, when something was very blatant, like the, the banks that were in New York that were funding Germany directly, uh, they come out with, with the Trading with the Enemy Act, and that's where the Bush lineage came into it with, with Herbert Walker, which I think it was. Everything was planned that way. You can't have massive things like that getting set up in a country, in a world. To bring on a planned war, remember what H.G. Wells said before World War II, he says we need another war. The folk aren't willing to give up their sovereign independence and their, and their, their nationalism. And he spoke on behalf of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Fabian Societies, working with the big foundations from the Astor families and so on. Lots of books written at the time. Nothing's changed. It's only better now they're into electronics and monitoring all of us. That was planned too. They knew this time would come because they used your tax money to do all the research and development that's bringing it all together today. We pay for our chains. I keep saying that. We pay and pay and pay for our chains. Reality for most folk is just indoctrinated illusion. That's all it is. And the beauty is you're all getting the same indoctrination through the same schooling internationally now, through UNESCO. And then you all talk to your pals and you get the same downloads from daily world media. And so you all have the same conclusions about everything. You all think you're saying. You haven't a clue. Here's the idea. I mean, we get this carbon tax, you see. As a, a carbon economy, remember, really is a con in itself, as we all know. And that to create a big scare, uh, the weather, changes in the weather is going to cause, we have to go this way. Well, the weather has always changed, folks. For those who have completely lost their brains, to, to, the weather has always changed. Always. And we've all, always gone through cycles, up and down and up and down, of hot for, what, for, for years, then cold for years, and hot and cold. It's always been that way. They used to teach this in primary school in Europe at the age of five and six, in your primary textbooks, that there were previous ice ages and previous warming ages, sometimes lasting 200, 400 years, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then they had reports in those primary school textbooks for children, school children, uh, that uh, core samplers were taken at the North Pole and so on to show you that, that many thousands of years ago, before man was around, there were ice ages and there were warming ages. Before man was on the planet. Who would you tax then? Hmm? See, this is a con for a new economy of control where technically nothing is produced, just massive profit for control on you. Because they go through these incredible calculations, and incredible is the word. These calculations are designed to transform everything you purchase and the energy that went into making it into what would the potential carbon be if it was all based on carbon. It's utterly bogus, but it's good enough for all the prostitutes of science out there, and there's thousands and thousands of them. For you folk out there who think scientists are somehow neutral with everything, this is the, 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 the nonsense that they've spouted for years. Oh, well, you know, we just, uh, we're not responsible for how anything is used or misused. We just are the cutting edge of finding the truth. Rubbish. There's not a science out there that was ever free to do anything that we wanted to do. Everything and every system is political. 
everything is completely political. They've used psychiatry before in totalitarian countries, psychiatry that calls itself a science. Not only to validate the findings of the Nazis to slaughter those who were feeble-minded and all the rest of it, to get rid of them all, the gene pools. And there were so many Nazis of the psychiatry profession on board, it was astonishing. Uh, They also did that in the Soviet Union. Massive psychiatric exterminations in the Soviet Union. They even used people and opened up their skulls, one brain after another, just to examine when they were living. That was in the Soviet story, that documentary. Excellent, excellent thing to watch. Everything is political. And the Soviet Union, if they didn't like what you were doing, they'd lock you up. And they get all these professionals, mind you, these scientists, to say that you had inflexibility of opinion. That was a diagnosis. You just wouldn't go along with the, with the status quo and parrot the, the, the slogans you were told to parrot. And it's the same with physics and medicine and everything else out there. These guys know where their bread is buttered and where it comes from, and they're happy to go along with it, just like all these prostitutes that were found out with their scams from the emails that were feeding the IPCC all their supposed supposed conclusive data. The people have been taught and brainwashed and to complete naivety, to believe that, that the higher you go, the more respectable they are. Dishonest people somehow couldn't get up there when the, actual, the, the, the absolute opposite is, is true. The psychopaths climb the ladder in the real world because they have no conscience. They don't care what color hat they wear under whatever regime, they'll wear it, and they're well paid for doing so. Astonishing. Here's an article here. Ford and Microsoft to work on electric car charging. See, they're already way ahead. These deals were made years ago. This is March 31st, 2010. We're just getting told about what they're trying right now. Ford Motor Company and Microsoft Corps have signed a deal to work together on a computerized link between houses, here you are, electric cars and utility companies to help manage energy use. Now, I remember last Friday I mentioned one where they're using an island off Denmark that they'd already set up the windmill schemes to put everybody on electric cars and they work out all the problems and and any problems with the public. They're not too happy with the the slow speed and the high charging costs and all the rest of it. So, And here's this other article, as I'm reading right now. The company said Wednesday at the New York International Auto Show that this is the beginning of a smart system. A smart, you see, wow. That will help utilities. It's going to help utilities and customers. It's going to help you manage your energy costs and electrical generating capacity. The system would start with the all-electric Ford Focus compact car that's scheduled to go on sale in 2011, called Microsoft Hom. Hom should be hmm. It will allow utilities to vary electric rates based on the time of day. Isn't that wonderful? It went through all that nonsense. And across a good part of the world with off-peak charging or off-peak usage. Everyone changed onto electric heating and you bought these, these things full of water and bricks in them. Not kidding, they were bricks. And they would charge at night, the idea being that hold their heat during the day. So everyone fell for that and got encouraged by the government to go for it. Once enough people were on it, they, they, they said, well, we're doing away with the off-peak charging rates now. You, you have to pay the full rates at night and during the day. So, you know, you can't win, folks. 
It's not designed for you to win with. Do you really think that these big international corporations got so incredibly stinking rich as they caused wars and all the rest of it because they're altruistic? Do you? These international corporations have their own hit squads, for God's sake. Their, their own hit squads. Do you think someone, anybody on the planet is going to stand in the way of a multi-billion project? When a corporation, they, they get the hit guys. Where do you go for hit guys? You go for all the, the so-called civilian forces for security, like Kinimini, where the ex-SES guys are, or the ones for the Green Berets, the ex-ones that are set up in the U.S. That way it doesn't go through the military. And you pay them the cash, and they do the dirty. That was exposed as well in Sierra Leone a few years ago, in a documentary in Canada. And the documentary showed... Uh, that a big company, a corporation in, in London, gold, silver, diamonds, big, well-established company, a very old, old company. And what happened was the, um, they started a war in Sierra Leone to get rid of all the peasants around there, to get them off the land. And so what they did was sponsor a bunch of guys to start a civil war. And you saw all the mercenaries going in there, all these guys from special forces, ex-special forces. And when the interviewers asked the corporate CEO, uh, don't you find any qualms about this? And you're moving all these people, they're disrupting a whole country's way of life and so on and taking their land and just so you can keep mining there. And, and, and the guy said, well, he says, he says, and he laughed. And he says, well, they're not using it, are they? The people aren't using it. As though that was a preposterous question. And to that guy, it was a preposterous question. That's the real world we live in. That's the real world. And it's always been this way. And you think your government's there to stop things or somehow keep some sort of legal check on things. No, your government's only there to keep a legal check on you. Who do you think puts in these politicians into their positions in government? I've said for, for years, what bunch of multi-millionaires do you want to vote for, the left or the right? Because all invest in the same corporations, they're all intermarried, all from the same schools. They've got nothing in common with you. So anyway, here's this article here on how they're already, they started this, no, no, they've been obviously working on this for maybe 20, 30 years, just this, this part alone. And they were. They were working on, in the 60s, on these so-called uh, farcical electrical cars. And then you come out to, remember, um, reading that, that first report on the, towards a, a global government, governance, as they called it, and how they wanted a strengthened monetary system. Well, April 24, 2009, this article came out from the Council on Foreign Relations from their own site. Building a strengthened IMF. I read it at the time, but I'll read it again, a bit of it. This is re-updated for March the 30th, 2010. Domenico Lombardi, the International Monetary Fund, played a leading role in responding to Greece's financial crisis. Did you know that the International Monetary Fund, according to this report, saved the world? Put out by the Royal Institute for International Affairs in the Council on Foreign Relations. This is what they claim. The International Monetary Fund saved the world, even though I've got all the articles here, I've kept them all where every country and every institution said that the IMF had failed miserably in what it was designed to do. 
But no, reality's warped again. And the International Monetary Fund played a leading role in responding to this financial crisis. It also issued sharp warnings to other European countries and the United States about their debt levels, fueling debate over the institution's role in the global economy. Domenico Lombardi, president of the Oxford Institute for Economic Policy, a senior scholar at the Brookings Institution and a former executive board member for the IMF and the World Bank, says, well, he's, he's impartial, you know that, says countries need a strong multinational financial uh, institution to respond to the increasingly globalized financial system. In other words, they'll get what they've always wanted. The IMF was set up with the World Bank to be the world banker and distributor of money in whatever form it ends up being, whether it just blips on a computer or plastic dollars or whatever. It doesn't matter. Money only works as long as you believe in it. You ought to read Plato's Republic. He talks about this uh, beautiful world system that the elite could bring in with its uh, selected, special uh, selected breeding, you see, for the, for the elite themselves, the guardian class. Then they'd have a helper class as well, the middle class, the, the bureaucrats. They would govern the, the its. He called the people the its, the general public. And then they'd breed the its like domestic animals uh, for the particular job that they were intended to do. Uh, you, you get two tall ones together, male and female, marry them for tall offspring to pick apples off trees and little squat ones to go down the mines and stuff like that. This is thousands of years ago. This is the favorite book of all the biggies. They all mention Plato's Republic and how it really impressed and influenced their lives. And all you have to do now is, is rather than just breed in and breed in and breed in until you end up with a poodle, you use genetic engineering and lots of reasons why you must use it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix, bringing a bit of reality into a very dark world because, you know, people think they're pretty bright, but they're not bright at all. They're simply conditioned into the path that that they're basically those that run the world wanted them to be in. Works very well. When we're all conditioned along the same path at the same time by the same media and all the different outlets that we have, we, we think they're independent. Total brainwashing. These guys know where they're going. Here's another article here about it all. It's, and they talk about the Internet of Things and the, the connectivity of things as, as everything is to be chipped, and including you and everything you wear and eat and pills that you take and all the rest of it. IT infrastructure, 25 things you might not know about IBM's Smarter Planet strategy. This is from, uh, from the 19th uh, of the 10th, 2009 as well, from IBM's site. IBM's Smarter Planet initiative has loftier aspirations than your typical corporate strategy. Big Blue says the world's becoming instrumented. By 2010, there's a billion transistors made for each human. A, a, a billion. Each one costing one-tenth of a cent. More interconnected. A 
trillion networked things, it says. They're all communicating. Everything communicates with everything else and feeds back all the data. And you, by the way, are the object of it because, you see, the only economy that's going to be for the big boys shortly is taxing you under different names for fees and costs and energy costs and carbon costs. And all these chips are going to help them to do it for everything that you need. They'll have chips in it, you see. IBM aims to provide the technology that can connect the systems running the world. They're already doing it. It's done. It's done already. Making the smarter planet, smarter planet, or our planet smarter, with less traffic, healthier food, which is all GM and there's nothing in it to feed you, cleaner water and safer cities as they bung us all together. Then they're going to list 25 things you might not have known about IBM's Smarter Planet initiative and who they're working with. Hmm. Now I'll put these articles up on my website at the end of the show And you can go through them and see for yourself But literally you could spend your, uh, 500 lifetimes trying to put all this together You see there's so much of it out there For every day there's an international meeting going on In some nice exotic place that you can't get access to On something There's probably a dozen meetings going on a day internationally and then the subcategories of regionally and then nationally as well, that you'll hear nothing about until 20 years down the road. And that's how it's been my whole life. When I was growing up, they kept saying in Europe, oh, no, we're not going to amalgamate Europe. It's just uh, just a, a trading organization so we can hammer out trade deals. And they lied their teeth off as we went metric in, in Europe and Britain. And everything changed overnight into metric and then your coinage eventually changed into decimals as well, the decimal system, overnight. And they kept lying off their teeth off and saying, no, 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 the, the Prime Minister's just signed an agreement for closer ties, closer ties and better understanding with different leaders of Europe. And then just before the year 2000, they admit in the report, once they set up the whole deal and integrated Europe and set up a parliament, uh, the declassified information from 1940 saying the public must be, not be told the true intention is total integration with the central government until it's up and running. That's how the world's run, folk. Folks, by deception. Always has been. It's called governance. Governance. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.